It's always showtime at BetMGM Sports. You can make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 when you sign up with the code SHERDOG. Don't let another game day go by without having the ultimate sports betting app in the palm of your hand. Discover non-stop excitement with BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and dozens of betting options, including live wagers, props, parlays, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is or how you like to wager, find out why there's nothing like getting a W at the King of Sportsbooks. Use the code SHERDOG and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Arizona, Colorado, Washington, D.C., Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, and Virginia. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help uh, in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Tennessee, call the red line at 800-889-9789. In Mississippi, call 1-888-777-9696. Sports betting is void where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show with me, Sean Sheehan, here on Sherdog.com. And today we're going to look ahead to the third PFL event for 2022. And uh, this is the best one yet. Some of their biggest stars, arguably all of their biggest stars nearly, uh, return on this card. We're going to see Kella Harrison and the women's lightweight division return. We're going to see Ray Cooper. We're going to see Anthony Pettis. We're going to see uh, Rory McDonald as well. So it's a big, big night for the uh, the PFL. Uh, if you haven't seen my review of last week's card, please check that out up on Sherdog.com as well and on our YouTube and Spotify and wherever you get podcasts, you can listen to it there. Uh, but I always kind of start off to look ahead to next week with the look back kind of at last week and the production and the card all around it. As I mentioned in that, I think it had kind of much much improved. Um, it, you know, the production, I thought, was a lot better. The commentary, I'm a big fan of it. Um, you know, even their stats and things like that, they do make it a little bit different. We had, obviously, Brendan Lachnan uh, get, getting a little bit lucky, I suppose, <laughs> you know, after that big knockdown in the fight ended uh, via no contest in the third round. So, not a no contest, it went to a technical decision because it was, you know, the third round, no contest type of thing. Uh, the right decision, though, I don't think it was a robbery or anything like that, but after his opponent knocked him down hard... Um, Bruno Capeloza then won in the main event. Hen and Fahea look good as well. That heavyweight division is really lighting up. So a pretty good start, honestly, to um to the PFL season. We saw Chris Wade as well beating Lance Palmer. Bobby Jenkins got a good win but didn't come out unscathed. There was talks of Brendan Lachnan having an injury as well. I know his manager Malky Kawa tweeted that out. So um 
a very interesting card coming out of that and a very interesting one to start off with here as well. I'm going to start off with the, the women's lightweights and obviously Kayla Harrison uh, is the big story there. But there are, uh, you know, some other fights in that division as well. Um, starting off the card, the three of the first four fights are all in the women's lightweight division in the tournament. Uh, Vanessa Mello is taking on uh, Martina Jindrova. Um Watching a bit of Dindrova, she's a good striker with not the best takedown defense in the world throughout her six fights, but I think she has improved a little bit. Uh, watching uh, watching her last fight, she was able to stop the takedowns a couple of times in her PFL debut uh, back in March of uh, uh, of uh, of this year, even uh, so, not too long ago in the Challenger series even, against uh, Jacqueline Calvacante. That fight is up on YouTube for anyone who hasn't watched it. She was able to stop uh, the takedowns there, and she did uh, a very, very good job of of winning that one. Uh, Vanessa Mella, you know, we've seen her in the UFC uh, for for a good while. She beat Sarah Marash last time out after three losses in a row. So uh, it'll be interesting here. The one thing I think uh, she might have a difficulty with is the size. Uh, I think she is, you know, I think she's a faster quicker, better all-around striker. I think that'll be a good stand-up battle there. That one, it should be fun. Like, if Jindrova can, Jindrova even, can use her size against Melo, you know, she she could have the better of it, but I think Melo's a classier, better fighter. Um, the second fight of the night, Helena uh, Kalsnek against Abigail Montez. Everyone know Abigail Montez from beating Clarissa Shields. Um, I watched a good bit of her before that, and obviously, uh, looking back at it again, before this fight. She's a very good fighter. I think she's a very good prospect now at 3-0. I think, look, with a lot of the women in the 155-pound division, they're blown up to that division for Clarissa Shields and for um, for Kayla Harrison as well. I think she might be a little bit undersized. I think that might be her issue here as well. Uh, Klasnick, she's not the best fighter in the world, honestly. She's a southpaw. She game, she's very game. She hits hard doesn't have the best takedown defense in the world is a survivor you know she's tough as hell uh, and she can survive when the fight hits the ground but i think uh i think look at montez showed in her last fight against caressa shields that she's smart and she does what she needs to do and i think if she's smart and she does what she needs to do is against class neck it will be taking her to the ground and, and winning the fight there although I wouldn't rule her out winning the feed either. You know, watching a couple of class next fight, everyone's kind of talking about, oh, she's this great striker and everything like that. I don't see it. She's five and four. She does hit hard without a shadow of a doubt, and the southpaw is always tricky. Uh, but uh, I would fail Ab- uh, favor Abigail Montez in a big way uh, in that. Then we have uh, Larissa Pacheco, who was uh, the uh, the finalist who went in uh, against uh, Kella Harrison back in 2019. And, you know, she has probably been arguably the second best uh, women's fighter um, in PFL uh, throughout the, the last couple of years, she's fighting Zamagul Faisalunov. Faisalunova, Faisalunova. That easy for me to say. Um, I went back and watched some of her fights, though. Uh, Zamagul, she's very good. You know, I like her. I like her style. Uh, she's a fast striker. Um, she's good takedown defense as well. And she's one of these fighters that I think, you know, she's been fighting on a, on a very tough scene, uh, getting very, very tough fights as well. Uh, you know, she's fought over an FNG a couple of times as well, uh, coming out of, um, you know, coming out of Kazakhstan. And 
I, I, from the bits I've seen of her, you know, there, there aren't many fights. She hasn't fought in many big promotions. There's only a couple of clips on YouTube. But I do like what I see. Now, Pacheco is going to be a very, very tough matchup for her. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how well she can do in the tournament and how well she can do in her opening bout of that tournament uh, as well. Um, and while we're at it, let's talk about Kayla Harrison and uh, Martina uh, Magnitina. Um Look, or sorry, Marina even. Marina is a, is a good fighter. I watched uh, a bit of her. Obviously, you know, they, they introduced her as a sambo fighter and things. Um, and look, she, she has good takedowns. Um, she's strong in the clinch. Um, she can, you know, she can hit hard as well. I wouldn't say she has the most amazing striking in the world, but she's a good all-around fighter. Very, 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 very hard to see her matching up uh, well against Kayla Harrison uh, Kayla I think is just too much in all areas even I think she could win this even as a striker match honestly but um, uh, Marina when you watch some of her fights she's very good at like tripping people and has a kind of good base in the clinch so maybe you know <laughs> maybe Kayla will have a bit of an issue there but I don't think she'll have too much of an issue because we know how good she is there she's absolutely awesome you know the you know, was it a two time Olympic champion judoka uh, I don't think Marina's going to be stopping her there, even though that is probably her strongest point in her game. So it, you would love to see a bit of um, a fight here for Kayla. You would love to see her maybe, you know, get challenged a little bit. Hard to see it, though. Very, very hard to see it. And, you know, while we're on Kayla Harrison, let's talk a little bit about her and, and her decision. And I suppose this is one of the most talked about decisions in MMA in a long time. You know, we talked about it here on uh, on different shows and, and at different times. And it just it just feels like with the, the tournament starting off now and looking down through the range of people we have on it. And obviously, I, I'll get to Julia Budd as well. I, I didn't mean to run that uh, past that fight, and I will get to that in a second. But apart from Julia Budd, it just feels like there really isn't anyone in that division who is, who is going to trouble her. And we went through this. Uh, they did a great promo last week um, talking about uh, Kel Harrison and about you know all the talk and now she's back in PFL it just feels a little bit like okay we're falling back into this again where we have one of the best fighters in the world without a shadow of a doubt is up against people who are not going to challenge her maybe Julia Budaside and that's sad to see like MMA at its core is about testing people to see who's the best and it feels like Kayla Harrison is at a place now in her career where she is not going to get any test. We'll see about Julia Budd. But very, very, very minimal testing of her ability. And that's a very sad thing to see. You know, that's sad whether, whether it's her or whether it's, you know, any fighter in the world who's great. Um, and look, the decision was made. I think Amanda Nunes losing that fight to Juliana Pena didn't go into tough was a big issue. Um, you know, there was talks of it being a multi-year deal as well, which to me is is absolutely senseless when you could sign for one year and then you could do this all over again next year. Let's say if Amanda Nunes is back as as the champion, if she beats uh, Juliana Pena in the rematch, then that massive fight is, is just back together again. Um, or, you know, the Cyborg fight. Maybe Cyborg comes over to PFL. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't know. Like, Cyborg... Look, Cyborg, if she went into this tournament, she'd walk through everyone as well and probably meet, uh, you know, meet her in the final. And, you know, 155, I don't think would be much of an issue for Cyborg. But 
it ju- it just feels look I, I'll always tune in for Kayla Harrison I think she's hilarious as a person as a character a brilliant brilliant fighter but it just it's a bit you know there seems to be very little hope there now the one bit of hope uh, I say I said is Julia Budd um, and she's a very very good fighter you know she has fought some of the best in the world and she's taken on um, Gina Fabian here who was around last year. So, like, Fabian is a good soapbox kickboxer. Can cause some problems. She's long and she's good on the outside. Throws those lovely body kicks right down through the middle. So, she's a good fighter. But you would expect Julia Budd to do enough, you know, that walking forward style with her lovely jab and things. Although her, her fight against Caitlin Young um, was not her best performance, I think. I think Caitlin actually did pretty well. But, you know, before that, she had a great run in, in Bellator, winning almost all of her fights, apart from... Um, uh, Chris Cyborg. In fact, she did win all of her fights apart from Chris Cyborg. You know, beat Arlene Blinko, who did a, who had a great performance against Chris last week. She beat her twice. She beat Marlouz Kuhn and Oligar Rubin and others as well. You know, her only losses in her career, Nunes, Rossi and Cyborg. And that is that is crazy. Like, you know, it could be Nunes, uh, uh, Cyborg, Rossi and Harrison here by the end of the year. But if she... You know, if she goes in there and beats Harrison, it's a, it's a very different look to her career and it's a very different look to Harrison's career as well because then things change an awful lot. But, uh, look, Julia Budd is definitely someone who can put it to Kayla Harrison. That won't be an easy fight. And if it is, we know how good uh, Kayla Harrison is. You know, she went four rounds with Chris Cyborg, did, did Julia Budd, and, you know, she can put it to her. So that's the one bit of hope. But that's the one bit of excitement for this tournament like i i think you watch a lot of these bellator tournaments sorry uh, pfl tournaments and um you kind of get excited as you're watching like kenan fahir last week bruno capeloza you watch him and you're thinking oh cool. you, you know what about maybe a rematch in the brendan lachnan fight or lachnan versus wade and different different fights and you get excited about them. there's very few for kayla harrison and i think that one against julia bud is one that we can get excited for in terms of like will their question will she answer some questions and that and i'd be very interested to see if she can um the men's lightweight and welterweight divisions are also uh kicking off or have fights here as well Interesting fight in, on the undercard here on Sherdog.com. Glesson Tebow against Jeral Al-Shalawi. Um, I went back and watched a bit of Al-Shalawi. He's been around for a long time. Fought in those Cage Warriors cards back in 2013, 2014. Um, in, uh, out in Jordan where he's from. Uh, I was talking to someone about it actually. And they were kind of saying he was doing really well on their, kind of their amateur scene out there. And he came in and he had a tough time to start his career. But, you know, 17 and 3. Now this guy's... He's a good fighter. He's good takedowns. He's kind of turned from like a southpaw uh, kickboxer to like a, a heavy takedown artist who throws these wild kicks. Um, fighting Gleason Tebow, it's going to be very hard to take him down. You know, uh, Gleason is the, the only guy, I think, to stop Habib Nurmagomedov taking him down. Um, so we know how good his takedown defense is. He had a good season last year as well in uh, in the PFL. Um, you know, beating uh, Ronnie McDonald, beating uh, Micah Terrell as well. You know, the Ronnie McDonald one, obviously very, very close. And, you know, okay, he lost to Jose Ferreira, but he, a couple of fights but before that outside uh, of the uh, the big leagues, I suppose he beat Will Brooks and Efran Escudero as well uh, to kind of, uh, to keep his his, uh, his career going. And it's a, it's a big opportunity here for uh, Al-Shalawi to take on someone uh, with a name like Thibaut. 
but a, a tough fight as well at the same time. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. From I think it's a smart move though by uh, by the PFL. You know, they're, they're signing people from different parts of the world, and you know, it started obviously as World Series of Fighting, and I think they are becoming a more worldwide promotion now. Um, you know, by having people, and we, we'll talk about um, uh, Miles Price in a second as well, obviously from uh, from here in Ireland. But uh, I think Sh- uh, Al Shlawi will uh, will be a good addition to that division, and I'm looking forward to seeing him fighting uh, Gleson Tibau. Um, also in the welterweight division, uh, a rematch. Um, Salabu Sai is taking on Nikolai Alshakin. Uh, that that first fight ended in a no contest due to an eye poke. And look, it's one of those fights where Sai is this big, long, tall guy. Uh, and Nikolai is not. I wouldn't say he's short, but he's shorter than Sai. Both really athletic, fast. Sai throwing that front kick right up through the middle to try to keep uh, the distance. Where Nikolai in that first fight was was kind of beating inside, throwing his fence, throwing his uh, shots to the body to try to get inside, and did a, a great job of it for, for long periods. Um, although, Sai, you know, it was a very close fight. It was a very close. He did a good job. Sai did a good fight, job as well. I'm looking forward to the rematch, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I think this will be another, you know, it'll probably be three rounds of kickboxing and probably be very, very close. Um, another fight I'm really looking forward to, Magomed Karimov uh, against Joe Jeffarino. Um Zeferino, look, he's one of these guys, he loves to get the fight to the ground, always ends up in 50-50 position, but has a big right hand as well, and, you know, is a finisher uh, in his 26 fights, 21 have finished inside the distance with 17 submissions, uh, you know, the, the sort of people he's beaten, I mentioned he beat Gleason Thibault, he's beaten the likes of Jason High as well, and, you know, others down through the years, he's been around for a good while now, and, you know, maybe he hasn't, Maybe he hasn't those big, big names on his uh, on his record, but there are a few of them in this division, and if he does beat them, he'll be very interesting. Now, Magomed, Magomed Karimov, I suppose for himself, had a disappointing year last year, losing to Ray Cooper uh, in the final. He beat Sai, as I just mentioned, uh, as well as Curtis Melinder, and he beat uh, Chris Curtis a couple of times as well back in 2019. Um, you know, some very good wins. He's beaten Ray Cooper back in the day as well. He's beaten uh, John Howard and Bojan Valeshkovic and some very, very good wins, you know. Uh, I, I I would favor him here, I think. Look, when you... He's mostly a takedown artist, although he can fight in the video. Well, it's, it's harsh to say because he throws that big head kick and he's good but when you get knocked out by Ray Cooper the way he does it's probably like well go back to your uh, go back to your wrestling but no I, I shouldn't say he's a, he's a very good takedown artist but he's very good on the, uh, on the, the feet as well uh, and I think he'd probably try to keep it there against Zeferino because if he is taking him down all the time Zeferino has those submissions and you're putting yourself into danger but he has that big right hand as well so uh, I wouldn't rule either guy out in either uh, place but I think Magomed Magomed Karimov is uh is one of the best fighters in in the world, but I one of the best fighters in PFL anyway, and I think he will win that one. But I would love to see it go to the ground and see how it how it gets on there. If uh, Zeferino has like a bad neck here, uh, if he can get a couple of good positions against uh, against Magomed, he he could cause him a few problems. Um, on the 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 other two lightweight or sorry welterweight fights then on the card, Ray. Uh, Ray Cooper the third is fighting Magomed Umalatov and Roy McDonald is fighting Brett Cooper uh, on Ray Cooper first obviously the, the couple of times champion now going in there against Magomed Umalatov that's it's a tough fight you know Umalatov is, is a very good guy he can wrestle and strike um, 
you know, watching some of his fights, it's funny. He, he fought in this one fight where he knocked the guy down. It was in this tiny cage. And the referee, like, counted and got him back up. And he was wearing, like, UFC gloves and UFC shorts and everything. It was a bizarre fight. But uh, a lot of his fights under weird rules and things. But, look... You you uh you see the name Magomed Umalatov and you're probably thinking he's a good wrestler and you would be right to, to think that to be fair uh but he can strike as well he's a nice uh straight right down the middle and he can hurt people with it um I w- I would say like he reminds me a little bit of Magomed Karimov maybe not with the big high kick but he he can strike but he a lot of his striking leads to his wrestling we've seen Ray Cooper though, over the last few years that you know sometimes wrestlers come in and go oh, I'm going to take this guy down and then Ray Cooper hits him with a big right hand down through the middle and they very very uh, very very quickly realise well I'm unconscious and I can't take him down so that's a problem Ray Cooper's such a brilliant well rounded fighter um, I'm looking forward to see how this fight goes because I think a lot of them a lot of after watching him back uh, he's a very very good fighter and it's a look it's a very tough matchup for him but it's a tough matchup for, for Ray Cooper as well it's not like you know he goes uh, through all these years and through all these tournaments unscathed you know he has lost to, to Magomed, uh, Magomed Karimov back in the day he has lost to, to John Howard and a few more as well obviously went to a draw with Sadabu Sai back in 2019 but that was the last time he didn't win you know he's beaten Curtis Michopone Al Sakin as I mentioned earlier Rory McDonald and Magomed Karimov since then so you know, it's been a great run for, for Ray Cooper and uh he should he should probably be the favourite here, but I it's not one I, I, I don't think it'll be a blow, eh? I definitely don't think it'll be a blow, eh? but looking forward to uh to seeing that one here. And look, Rory McDonald, what a massive year it is for Rory McDonald in the PFL. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought he would go in there and blow everyone away and, and win it, you know, after losing to uh, to Douglas Thema for the title in um in Bellator back in two thousand and nineteen. He came in had over a year out of the cage, fought and beat Curtis Melinder, choked him out, and everyone was saying, okay, he's going to run through everyone here. But then that very close decision with Gleason T. Bow, you know, a lot of people calling it a robbery, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with him. And they went in there and lost unanimously to Ray Cooper. Um, it's a massive, massive year and a massive opportunity here for Rory McDonald. Brett Cooper, look, he probably got the easiest side of the draw here, I won't lie, but and that's not against Brett Cooper this guy has been fighting some absolute beasts I was watching some of his recent fights you know fighting over in in Russia and fighting in ACA and different places this guy is fighting lads with 30 and 40 fights who you've probably never heard of and you know getting going three rounds or getting beat or getting knocked out with uh, you know <laughs> I, I watch a few of these fights from recent times you know obviously he fought in Bellator down through the years for a long time and fought you know some of their best guys like Schlemenko and you know, Brendan Halsey and, and you know, Norman Parisi and all. And he's fought, been around for years and years and years and years. Uh, and he's tough as hell. But, like, he's he's one of those guys that I think, and I think most people think, Rory McDonald should deal with pretty easily. But also, if Rory McDonald isn't on it, uh, Brett Cooper will be right there. And he'll put him to the pin of his collar. He really will, and uh, look, Rory has to be on it here, and he has to. Yeah, look, he he needs to win this fight comfortably, and I think I think he probably will. But it's a it's a massive year for Rory McDonald. Um, that million quid is is on the line, obviously, and I think that's the reason he went over to PFL. So I'll be interested to see uh, how you know how he does it. It's funny with Rory as well. We we still look at him as like this young guy coming through, and he's thirty two now, and you know he's thirty fights behind him as well, and a lot of them against some of the biggest and best combination in the world. So, you know, how long can you keep going? It's not it's not about 
age really it's about uh, miles on the clock and, and fights you've had so Rory has had a lot of fights and we'll see uh, we'll see where it goes for uh, for Rory after this um, and the fight I'm most excited about you know being an Irish man is uh, is Anthony Pettis versus Miles Bryce is there anything else I've forgotten on the card no I, I think I got to everything uh, so Anthony Pettis versus, uh, versus Miles Price very interesting fight for me a lot of people are probably thinking look Miles Price he hasn't fought in a very, very long time. You know, he hasn't fought since he beat Peter Quigley back in 2019, which I suppose isn't odd, uh, considering what's happened in those couple of years with the coronavirus and everything like that. Um, and, you know, he's, even before that, he, was, he wasn't he was fighting too regularly, he fought twice in 2018 and once in 2016, once in 2015, and it was 2013 before that. So it's only one, two, three, four, five fights in the last what, nine years for, for Miles Price, which is is crazy when you think of it. Now, anyone who, who kind of knows Miles has been kind of keeping up with him, uh, you know, before that Peter Queeley fight, he went away. And like, Miles has been known as a striker around uh, around Ireland, and he's, you know, a very good striker. But he went away to AKA, trained a lot with Habib, and, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? I can't remember. He, he fought in Bellator a couple of weeks ago. He, he won a very, very good wrestler name. Just won't come to me now. Um... And he, he came back and he destroyed Peter Queeley with wrestling. He took him down over and over. No, destroyed him is wrong, but he, he he used his wrestling very, very well. It was a split decision, in fact, but I think most people had it for Miles Price. And he looked really, really good as a wrestler. Um, when you look at someone like Anthony Pettis, if he can put on a similar sort of game and take him down over and over and over and push him against the cage... Miles Price will probably win that fight, honestly, but it's very difficult to know uh, if he... If he's still at that level, the fact he's been out of the cage now for it's three years, you know, it's it's over, it's over three years. It's funny to think it. 2019 seems like a week ago, but it's three years now. Uh, I know he's been over in Germany training, and he's been training obviously in Team Rhino as well with the likes of Paul Redmond and Dean Barry, who made his UFC debut, uh, and others as well. James Sheehan, who's doing great things in that gym uh, too. And uh, it'll be interesting to see here for Pettis. Look, it's another big opportunity, similar to Rory McDonald. Uh, PFL signed all these big name fighters last year and none of them really did great and um, you know he lost to Hausch Maffeu lost to Clay Collard in his two PFL fights so he'll be wanting to get a win here and I'm sure he'll be looking at Miles Price and thinking look if I can stop that takedown turn it into a kickboxing match I should win that fight although Miles is a good kickboxer as well but you'd have to favour Pettis I think in that matchup um, if, if he does keep it there and it's a big, big, massive fight for him uh, and for the PFL as well. Because last year, you know, the PFL, the finals and everything, and I remember talking about it here at the time and kind of saying they need to do something here because their big stars are not getting to the finals. And we're at a position where, you know, there's people maybe won't tune in because it's like, okay, Kelly Harrison's fighting and maybe you've Ray Cooper, everyone likes to see. But like, where's Rory? Where's Verdum? Where's Pettis? You know, where's Thibaut even? Uh, it's a big night for PFL. They'll be, I'm sure they'll be hoping McDonald wins. I'm sure they'll be hoping Pettis wins. I know Cooper and Price and, and a few others will have, uh, you know, will have a different uh, opinion on that. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this. Those people obviously seeing the, the women's lightweight tournament kick off. Julia Budd in that big fight against Fabian. And obviously the main event, Kayla Harrison as well. So... Yeah, all in all, I think it's a very good card. It's probably, the, apart from the finals, it's probably the best card the PFL will put on this year, in my opinion. Uh, but we'll see. You know, the, the the others haven't been written. PFL do usually put on some good cards because they have some big names now and people we want to see, so I wouldn't rule it out at all. But uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. 
Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the fights this weekend. My name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com, and I'll see you all next time.